I'm Andy Hibble, one of the co-founders of Higher Ed Jobs. And I'm Kelly Sherwin, the Director of Editorial Strategy. We're delighted to welcome you to the conversation Spin Higher Ed Jobs. That we can agree that there's this energy. Discussing honest and truthful conversations. I love sharing my passion for education. Staying positive and focused on a job search. And I think you and I could probably sit here and talk for another hour. Focused on your professional growth. Sharing job search strategies and tips with our readers and now our listeners. Welcome to the Higher Ed Jobs Podcast. It struck me, Kelly, I don't think Zoom is going away, is it? I totally agree with you, Andy. I don't think it's going anywhere. I think it's here to stay. As I look at the teaching side or the administrative side of academia, I don't see Zoom as something that's just going to be used less moving forward. It could possibly be used more. I'm also thinking that Zoom is also going to be used more appropriately, and the expectations on Zoom on how communication will take place will become more formal as time goes on. I agree. And you made a good point that it's not only going to be used on the teaching side, administrative side, job seeker side. We all have to kind of embrace that this is going to be the new way. I don't know if you want to say the new standard, but the new way to approach teaching and and workplace communication. I'd agree with that. And while some folks might see it as just something we use during the most intensive periods of 2020, it's much more than that. It's going to change the way folks look at how they communicate with various students, colleagues, and stakeholders of a university. For example, I've had a good number of conversations with development officers who said, if I want a dean now to talk to a donor It's so much easier than having to fly them halfway across the country for a 30-minute appointment. We can just do it over Zoom. And instead of spending three to six months to get that physical meeting, I can spend three to six weeks and have a Zoom meeting lined up where the communication can occur. It's a different tool for a different time of how we work. I definitely agree. And I, I, I had a similar conversation with someone who used to do in-person interviews and would do, you know, it would take several days, maybe even a week to do a few interviews. And like you said, she could do six meetings or now through Zoom, she can do six interviews in one day. So it's definitely more efficient. But I think what we're, we're trying to say is just because it is Zoom doesn't mean that it's going to be casual and there's ways that people need to communicate properly. And I think that's worth discussing. I think the Zoom sins that you made in 2020 are not necessarily going to be forgiven in 2022. So as we look to that, how do you see people approaching what's going to be considered good Zoom communication skills moving forward? Well, I think a big thing that we should consider is the the soft skills in in the workplace. And uh, we had a, a recently there was a piece on on higher ed jobs regarding soft skills and teaching. And like we just said, but a big factor, I think, when people are talking about soft skills and doing this in a virtual situation or a virtual environment is people need to be intentional in what they're doing. Be aware of, we've often heard, be aware of your audience, but understand that people are not in the room and they might not pick up on everything that might be in an in-person conversation. So being intentional and creating a, a space like I said, we have a, an article that talks about different types of spaces that employers or teachers need to create in order to create this environment that facilitates good communication. I think you're spot on, Kelly. I find it interesting in that piece that you referenced, 
it talked about how learning really occurs not just in the, the formal learning venue, but it also occurs in between those formal experiences. And one of the suggestions from the article really kind of struck me from a management perspective about one of the things I could be doing better as a manager. I don't know about you, but it seems like when a Zoom meeting ends, you never want to be the last one out. Everybody's trying to get out as fast as possible. And I know we here at Higher Ed Jobs, the leadership team meets on Zoom regularly now and has stuck with that. We've really liked it. And I know Eric Blessner is the one who controls the Zoom room. And I can tell you now in almost a year and a half of doing this, I cannot beat Eric out of that room from him ending the meeting. And it drives me crazy. I'm just, I'm too slow. I've kind of, I don't know, made it more of a game. And that seems to me what the the norm was. But this article actually made me reflect that it suggested as a manager, maybe you're always the last one out. So if somebody wants to talk and linger a bit, whether you're a professor in, in one case, and this is a class, or in my case, you're an administrative manager, that you give people the opportunity to have those in-between conversations that you can't have in person. It was definitely an aha moment for me to see that he was thinking of it that way, whereas it never struck me as anything but, man, I have to beat Eric out of that room one of these days. I absolutely love that you brought that comment up. And I think this kind of goes back to having a conversation with your employee, asking them, what do you need for me and allowing that that time for questions. And I'm glad you referenced the the teaching, the teaching role, because that's actually something I do in my class. I will tell the class, you know, thanks for a, a great night. Um, if anyone has any questions, I'm going to stop recording, but I'm going to stay after. So I always want to allow people to have that ability to ask questions. So I think I, I agree. I think that was a great piece of advice from that, from that article. It also kind of struck me with that is Zoom silence is awkward. Awkward, awkward, awkward. If you have three people on the Zoom and nobody's talking, what the hell's going on? It's weird. So learning how to, A, give silence to allow for conversation to organically happen and being comfortable with that silence. Whereas in-person conversation can continue and you can pick up lots of different nonverbal communication and indirect communication a lot easier than you can on Zoom. So waiting with the silence, I think, is another good place to go. That's a really good point because I've been in Zoom meetings where, yeah, we're allowing people to, you know, some people are coming in from the waiting room and we're all just kind of staring at each other on the screen. But you're right. If if I was sitting here in, in person with you, I wouldn't just be like twiddling my thumbs or like going on my phone because I think that would be rude, not, you know, not proper etiquette. So I actually am curious to see what your thoughts are. Like, do, do we talk about the weather? Do we fill that space with like, how was your weekend? Do we like, like obviously we don't want to start talking about the meeting with everyone there, but it's okay to be quiet, but then it's also okay to be a real person and, and talk about how, how your day was, engage someone like, how was your morning? I think it's a balance between the two. I'm not sure we can spend 20 minutes every day talking about the weather. At the same time, I think it's an organic feel to the conversation, depending on the group and the norm and the frequency. I mean, if there's a, it's a regular meeting, it's a standing meeting and it's happening daily or almost daily. I think you're going to have a lot of that water cooler talk you may have had at work previously happen on Zoom. To me, that's cool. I think it's a little bit different if it's a once a week meeting or a one-off or a series of meetings that isn't a regular group. How do you start addressing those? I think in person, there's a 
it's never a specific point, but a point of no return where, okay, we've lingered on personal stuff for a very long time here. We really need to start working. Different people have a different sense of that. I think it's hard to try to recreate that on Zoom to not allow for a part of a personal conversation may be a little bit jarring to people, but allowing for too much conversation on Zoom, I think it's a lot harder on Zoom to backtrack out of it as it would be in person. I agree. I think we probably can both agree that this is kind of a work in progress. It will be a learning curve. We will be continuing to learn how to interact on Zoom. And we all have to be aware and and understand each other. We're interested in hearing what you think would be a good way to use your soft skills in a virtual environment, whether you're teaching a class or conducting your department's meeting. So please email us at podcast at higheredjobs.com or hit us on Twitter at higheredjobs. We want to hear how you are intentionally applying your soft skills in your communications virtually with your colleagues, your peers, and students. We need to care about these skills because they're directly tied to your ability to work successfully in a virtual environment. Thank you for listening.